0: Howdy friends, welcome back to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. This is a podcast about how design impacts the way we experience life. And I would love to know what you think of the show. So subscribe, leave a review, find me on Instagram at xdpodcast, whatever it is. I love hearing from all of you. It means the world to me. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into this week's conversation. Alright, my guest this week is a former Nike product and bag designer turned founder and entrepreneur. In January of 2018, he launched Wayfinder, a Portland-based company creating modern minimal performance-built accessories. And I have to tell you that these are incredibly thoughtful in their design and their craftsmanship. They're really stunning. So it is my pleasure to introduce to all of you Harag Nasanian. Harag, thank you, brother.
1: Hey, Tony, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me.
0: I really appreciate you coming on. And I think, with my intent behind this podcast from the get go, uh, e- even though it has the lion's share has been digitally focused in design, I wanted to make a well rounded approach to what it means to be a designer, a user experience yes. designer. And yes. I couldn't think of a better way to introduce designing of physical goods than someone like yourself. And oh, and... awesome!
1: Thank you. I'm stoked to be your your first physical product design.
0: Yeah, you are. Sure. And so, let me just start with what was your journey like getting to where you are today as the founder of Wayfinder.
1: Uh, I went to uh, design school. I went to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California, and uh, it turns out it's one of one of the one of the best design schools in the world. And coincidentally, I grew up in Pasadena. So um, I think that that was some some luck on my part um, that I fell into because I'd wanted to be a designer as a kid and uh, there was one of the best design schools there. Why would I consider going anywhere else? And uh, it was, it was a, a very difficult school. There's lots of all matters involved, especially for the industrial design department because you're designing things and then you're also making things. You're putting together the presentations uh, you know, it's it's kind of all encompassing. It's not just drawing something and putting it up on the wall. And coming out of school, I didn't have a strong idea about what I wanted to do as far as like where I wanted to go. Um, I, I, I think I was quite naive, but I was lucky enough to work with a small consultancy, um, also based in Los Angeles, um, and they they designed soft goods, uh, soft zone products. Uh, I mean, that's what that's what it, the industry is called, soft goods. And so I was designing things like camera bags, backpacks, soft coolers, uh, lunch bags, um, CD CD, and DVD wallets. Um, this was a <laughs> long time ago just to give you an idea of how long, <laughs> long ago this was. Um, things that don't really exist anymore. Right? Right. And uh, I was just thrown in like I didn't know what I was doing. I had like, you know, when you graduate school, um, when you're in school, it's like you're working towards graduation and when you're when you graduate then you're like you're green like you know you've had yeah. kind of this theoretical experience but no real experience and so i was just thrown into this thing and at that time there there wasn't uh, a lot of formal education or i didn't i wasn't familiar with any formal education specific to soft goods like you know how things are constructed Uh, the materials the trims what everything is called just all all that stuff it's a whole different world you know and so uh so i kind of learned by doing and so and it was it was a really great experience because uh it was i think that the soft goods design industry was still in its infancy and kind of developing at that time this was like 20 years ago
0: i I love what you said about the learning by doing because of course we learn when we're in formal education yes the doing is where it all just goes lightning speed and the knowledge just compounds and like
1: snowballs. Totally, absolutely.
0: Now let's talk about the big boy that you jumped into and started working for, the Nike. Uh,
1: yeah, but back in 2003, I left the the smaller company that I worked at and and uh, started working at Nike. Um, and at that time, they were r- really growing their soft goods department, their, their bags design, global bags design team and it was it was the easiest job that i had ever gotten which in hindsight is is incredible because nike is a very difficult company to to get into much like a google or some other large company where there's thousands of people that are probably clamoring in and i remember being in my interview and they may have said something like you know you're competing against like so many people a ridiculous amount of people and it's just it's it's quite intimidating um but it, it, it at that time it was easy for me because i had the relevant experience um, and there, there weren't a whole lot of people that had that experience. And so it was uh, an easy job to get into at that, at that time.
0: So you're working at, like you said, the Google of soft goods, footwear, accessories, bags, and you decide to depart and do your own thing. What was the impetus behind that and the why behind that?
1: yeah so so that was that that had been inside of me for for many years i think prior to wanting to do my own thing early on in my career i wanted to be the johnny Appleseed of design and i wanted to to get my design all over the place you know all over the world and and with the, the the roles that i had previous to nike um i was able to do that because i was able to design products and then be in another part of the world and, and there it was i mean to this day i still see iterations of uh, the products that i worked on um yeah like 20 years ago which That's is really cool which is ridiculous i'm like good for them that they're still you know they're <laughs> still able to make money on something that i got a paycheck on 20 years ago right yeah you know, um and i was able to do that on a much grander scale working at nike where you know something that starts it starts in my head goes on paper gets sent to you know goes into the computer gets sent to a factory and then all these people are making it you know it's great to visit the factory and you see an an entire assembly line of people and they're intimately knowledgeable of 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 the thing that started in my head you know it's it's incredible and they come up to me and they're like like what did you mean here what was your you know what were you trying to do here how do you want us to do this you know this part is not clear whatever and it's just it's an incredible experience and then it's like 18 months later it's it's all over the world you know it's 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 featured at you know all these stores and online and athletes are carrying them and it's it's a really really big deal and for a a big part of my early career that was that was my why that was my this is what i want to do um Mm. but as i've become more seasoned and, and and had more experience and more knowledge and a kind of knowledge in a much broader sense. I wanted to do this for myself, take more control of that process, and come up with things that, that are important to me. Even though I worked with companies, goals, and philosophies uh, aligned with mine, uh, I wanted to do it, do that for myself, where, where I make it, you know, just right. Like what just right means, you know, mm-hmm. from from my point of view and also there's something to be said about living and dying by your own sword like if i fail at something it's because i did it if i succeed it's because i did it and both are you know equally impactful in opposite directions and both feel so good and um you know a, a few minutes ago i was talking about how you know there's things that i see out there that companies are still making money from a design that that i worked on like literally 20 years ago yeah and you know like my my benefit from that ended 20 years ago with the paycheck that I got. You know, and that was it. It's, mm. it's over. You know, and so, um, so I want to be able to, to to fail and succeed by these two hands. You know, whatever whatever I can think of here and whatever my hands can do. You know, by my own, um, you know, ability or disability.
0: I totally hear you on that because myself and uh, my wife, and then my wife and I combined, we, we've had different businesses over the years. Yes, and I have you know a day job, a nine to five job. I mentioned it yes. all the time. Bottle Rocket Studios, it's incredible. I'm so fulfilled, and yet I still have this little side hustle for the podcast and other things that I haven't announced yet. But it's that entrepreneurial spirit in restless pursuit that I think a lot of people confuse for, I don't know, is it a selfish mentality of like, I want to be my own boss and do my own thing and call all the shots. I I don't think it's that. Do
1: people ever think that
0: about your journey that you're on?
1: You know, a lot of people get in touch with me and they're like, wow, like, it's so refreshing to see you doing this. And and uh and it's 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 inspiring and you know from an internal point of view i'm like you know it's it's not all like super positive there's there's things that i struggle with um every day it's not easy every everything is hard and i say this often i feel like i say this every day but like my brain hurts a little bit every day from from doing something that uh, i haven't done before it's it's something that's that's new and and some of it brings me joy and some of it doesn't and so i sometimes i just have to learn something quickly and do it and then not do it for a long time um, and then some things you know are, are growth opportunities and I, I, I really enjoy doing it and I, f- I feel like I push myself more in that direction but yeah there's a there's definitely a drive inside of me that wasn't being fulfilled uh, working for a larger corporation like there's limits you know when you work for someone else uh, of how how far you can push something and you know if you push in the wrong direction or if you push too hard um it may not be you know your efforts may not be rewarded because you're you're stepping on someone's toes or you know who knows there's so many different reasons but you know i have like a drive to like jump out of bed in the morning and you know start my day and you know attack my to-do list if there's something in me that just wants more yeah maybe it's selfish i, I don't know but it's something that gets me excited in the morning to get up and, and to do this you know mondays are really exciting for me like the weekend is great because I'm able to rest and, and recharge. I look forward to Monday like so much. Dude, I love that.
0: Too many people are are in a mindset of Monday is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And Wednesday and Thursday, they're like, all right, one more day and then it's Friday. And then, yes. and then you're like, hey, how are you doing? They're like, well, it's Friday, so we're good. Yes, Or if you ask him on Monday, it's like, how are you doing? It's like, well, it's Monday, so it's like, (sighs) okay, I'm not gonna get off on a tangent here, but that really drives me bonkers. Yes, yes. And the interesting thing about the entrepreneurial mentality and drive versus even a very happy situation at a company, the highs and lows at a company, if you maintain your job and aren't fired, that would be an incredible low. The successes and failures stay within a bit of a range. You feel great if something goes well. You're like, ah, crap, that didn't go so well. It stays within sort of a range. On the entrepreneurial side, the highs are the highest and the lows are absolutely Bottom of the barrel lows. Can you speak to any of those feelings you've had as an entrepreneur?
1: Absolutely, and and this is something that that people ask me about, and that's exactly this is this is exactly how I describe it. Like, in a corporate world, or or when you're working for someone else, or in a larger organization, your successes and failures are buffered. If you if you come up with this incredible innovation, then that year your bonus is going to, you know, you're going to have a higher rating and your, your bonus is going to be a little bit more. So you'll be able to take an extra, whatever, buy, buy a, like a big screen television. I don't know. You're going to be able to do a little bit extra and your pay raise will be, instead of like 2.5%, it'll be, 2.8% or 3% and the you know your peers will be super stoked for you like wow thank you you know like you've done something amazing and this is gonna help the organization um, but as soon as that that's over like not over like the company will make may make money on it and you know like ride that wave for years to come but as soon as like in the product creation team that project has passed through it's like it's like what have you done for me lately like that's like it's over like people have a very short-term memory you did that amazing thing but that was last week that was last month that was last quarter um now we're working on this like that's already gone but even then it's like what or if you have a bad quarter or if you have a bad year you know like whatever you had some personal issues like then your bonus is going to be a little bit smaller so then you're gonna have to not get that big screen television or you know instead of a raise being 2.5 percent it's going to be 2 percent or 1.5 or worst case scenario you're not going to get a raise you know but Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, speaking with uh, while I still work in the corporate environment, speaking with a a former mentor who had also worked at Nike. And and I I remember talking to him and I'm like, so how's it going? Like, what's what's it like, you know, being on the outside? And he's like, the highs are higher and the lows are lower. And I'm like, at that at that point, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I just filed it. I didn't mean that much. But but like now I'm living it, you know, and it's, it's crazy. And I, and I, and I love it. I love the highs and I love the lows because I'm doing it. It's, it's on me and, and I like, and it, it feels good. It doesn't feel bad. I mean, I mean the emotions are bad, but the feeling is great. It's like, it's like I have the power I'm in control. And that's also very emotional. And I, and I cry and I'm not a crying person. Like I'm not like a super emotional person, but, but sometimes these things are so powerful <laughs> Yeah. this is how you react to it. And also like for so many years, I was not in this world. And so the feeling of this, like this reality, like this real world feeling is so refreshing, whether it's positive or negative, it's just, it's it's ridiculously refreshing.
0: Before I ask another question, I wanna actually take a moment and for everybody listening, this energy, this passion, this, yeah, I could talk about this and, and dive into this forever and ever. That's what it takes if you're gonna do your own thing. And it's not for everyone. I'd say it's not for most, but it takes this kind of, and and you can hear it in your voice, Hrak, that yes. you're somebody that wakes up and goes to town. And when you do feel yes. those low of lows, you're the one that has to dig yourself out and i applaud you i I think listen entrepreneurship is not glamorous there are times when it's awesome and hopefully you know one day you're just on a yacht somewhere getting champagne poured on your chest but let's do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway so you've got a wallet you've got a card holder and you've got a sort of a passport notebook holder right that's your product line right now
1: Yes, yes. For the the brand that I launched is called Wayfinder, and uh, the first collection that we launched is uh, a card holder, a wallet, and a passport notebook holder.
0: Stunning stuff. I'm really into this this minimal, you know, non bulky, sustainable type soft goods, as you say. Yes. So when you, just like a digital product designer, when you think of the end user and it it hits their doorstep. Do you think of the entire process from purchase to it's in my hand to now I've got my passport or my cards or my cash or whatever in it? What is that process like for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think about the entire the entire user experience. So maybe I am a user experience designer, right? right?
0: Aren't we all? Um,
1: <laughs> I think about everything. Like I don't have physical stores. Like someone can't go into a store and buy a Wayfinder item. Um, that's you know a Wayfinder branded store. Uh, I'm working on bringing retailers on board, so they'll have that experience, whatever it looks like going into that store. Um, and so for for me, every point of contact with the brand is very important, whether it's uh, if they have an issue with something, if they have a question and they get in touch with with us, us being the royal us being me. yeah, <laughs> um, getting getting in touch with uh, with me on Instagram or through the little chat box on on the website or through an email, it's really important that they have a very a memorable, special experience. And when they when they purchase something, you know, like I personally fulfill the orders and I check every single item before it ships to make sure that there are no defects or something that's been overlooked. Um, and so all this stuff is super, super important because if there's like 15 different like points of contact from the point where they, dis, you know, the moment they discover the brand, to receiving the product, I want all of those to be like A plus is mm. 100%. Those are all important for me. So yeah, I sweat every little detail in, in that regard. And it's just like, how do I want to be treated? If I'm a consumer of a product, how will brands blow me away? And that's how I want to over exceed the expectations or surpri- even surprise, mm. you know, to keep them, you know, enchanted with the brand. Cause this is just the beginning. It's not the end, you know? And so my number one focus and goal is is to have people fall in love with wayfinder and the v the the delivery vehicle for that and for the brand message and everything is this first collection of accessories
0: and you're speaking my language here looking at the entire customer journey from discovery to its in their hand to using it yes you're designing all of this yes you might be categorically a soft goods designer but in fact. You're designing an entire experience. Yes, in relationship with your brand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the soft goods designer is somewhere—it's somewhere there. But like yeah. that was the—that was the caterpillar, and I've—I've I've met metamorphosized <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah. into a butterfly. And you know, I'm—I'm I'm evolving and and uh, and changing every day um, based on the needs of my business and and where where it takes me. But yeah, I mean, it just when I think about it, it's a little straining because it's been a lot of work, but. But like, you know, you have to like source like the packaging, like where do the packaging components come from? Who's going to make this? You know, out of out of the 120 packaging vendors that I got in touch with, um, these 50 got back. And out of the 50 that got back, um, these 12 were very easy to email back and forth with. And from those 12, um, these five seemed the most promising. Their pricing was the best. Their understanding was the best. And they sent me samples. And from the samples, you know, these three were the best. And those are the three that I'm gonna, you know, sample with and and get finalized quotes and details from, and then I'm gonna pick one, you know, and then you do yeah. that with every, you know, packaging component, a product component, and then getting that to the to the customer, and then it's a it's a big process, and you know, that's for me, I want to do it because I want to control that experience, and I don't want it to get diluted by me providing some general art direction and someone else interpreting that like, and the reception has been super positive and and, which is great because like, as someone who's in product creation, like this is something that I've spent so many hours on and I've worked on for, you know, like about two years, I think a year and a half. And so the magic here is that the excitement that I feel today is through the, the eyes of the consumer. And it's incredible. Like it's 10 times as exciting as my personal um, experience like when I first saw like whoa this product is incredible it's so lightweight it's so thin you know like who cares about my personal experience but now I get to experience it through the eyes of of consumers and and you know I think if if you're a parent this is something that you can probably relate to it's like you know kids force you to slow down and also experience experience things again right and so so as an entrepreneur that excitement for me comes from, it comes every day from consumers that have experienced the product for the first time and they get in touch with me and I'm like, oh my God, like this is the craftsmanship, the level of detail is incredible. I love it, I love it. And they just can't stop raving about it. And I'm like, yes, yes. And then it happens again the next day or later on the same day, I don't know.
0: It's that whole thing of y- you can't design for yourself. Yes. Maybe at the outset, you know, you have an idea, but at the end of the day, you're designing for another human being. Yes. And that is so, that is so rewarding and incredible. I do want to mention, he's not sponsoring the podcast. He's not an ad. It's just really cool stuff. So I want everybody to head over to wayfindercarry.com and check it out. I can't wait to get my hands on it. It's right up my alley. Anyway, all that aside, so my final question that I ask every guest is, okay. well, for you, it's different because you're not in the digital space. This is a first. Okay. Anyway, cool. <laughs> I ask all the guests, what non-digital object or thing means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why? And I, you can't say one of your products.
1: What physical product? Yeah, I think I think our phones.
0: Isn't that digital?
1: I mean, I, I guess it's it's digital, but there's a physical thing that enables, that enables that digital thing. You know, before we've we've had that digital thing for a long time. We've had computers, but they were they were stuck, you know, at a desk or whatever. But the the physical object of like having a phone in your pocket allows all that amazing digital stuff to happen. You take it with you. Like this is stuff that now we take it for granted, but you know, we weren't able to do this. Like you wouldn't be able to access all this information 15, 20 years, you know, 10, 15 years ago before. Before smartphones, and I don't know. I think I think it's super powerful.
0: I'm going to take your answer. Yes, and say if you turn the phone off, so it's yes. not. It's now non-digital. Okay. Okay. That and in, that industrial design is really powerful. Yes. Well, Harag, this has been a really immense pleasure for me to have you on, and I hope to have you back um, sometime. In the next season.
1: I'd be happy to. And thanks again so much for the opportunity to be be on your show this, this time. I really appreciate it.
0: That will do it for this week, friends. Thank you again to my guest. And thank you again to all of you tuning in. I can't tell you how valuable you are to me. I would also like to give a really special shout out to all of the new patrons of the show including, of course, my new executive producer, Brian Sullivan. Now, if you're wondering how you might best support the show, head over to patreon.com slash xdpodcast. That's patreo ncom com xdpodcast. I also have a link in the show notes. And check out all the perks of becoming a patron of the show here. And listen, if Patreon doesn't float your boat, If it's not your thing, I get it. But a subscribe, or a view, or share, it's always just as meaningful as something like Patreon to me. It really is so impactful. So with that, I can't wait to have you back next week. But until then, friends, stay curious. Experience Design is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers.